This week on A Lively Experiment, a candlelight vigil at Brown University turns into a protest. And Providence is quietly preparing to take back control over the city schools. But when will it happen? A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by... Hi, I'm John Hazenwhite, Jr. For over 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of the political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm a proud supporter of this great program in Rhode Island PBS. Joining us on the panel, Sue Sienke, National Committee Woman and former Chair of the Rhode Island Republican Party, Boston Globe columnist Dan McGowan, and political contributor Bob Walsh. Hello and welcome to Lively. I'm Jim Hummel. It is great to be back with you again this week. On most days, being president of Brown University is probably a pretty good job. But Christina Paxson has had her hands full since the Hamas-led attack on Israel two months ago. Differing factions on campus have had protests, with one that saw 20 students arrested last month. And anything the president says seems to aggravate some group on campus. In other words, Brown has become a microcosm for what's going on at many colleges and universities across the country, especially the Ivies. Let's start with our resident Brown graduate. Um, I'm sure there were protests going on when you were there back in the 1800s, uh, <laughs> but this has a little bit of different. We were pro-North. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's go over the Union Army. Um, this has a little different feel to it, all kidding aside. Um, I think it does have a different feel to it. I've been trying to process if it's because of the way things get covered in the media now. Um, but part of it is certainly people are talking past each other. I've been having this conversation a lot with folks I went to school with in, in that, that time frame. And, and there's great concern. When I, I have never been comfortable when students at Brown would shout down visiting guests, even those that I personally disagreed with, because that's not what a college campus is supposed to be like. When they shut down the president, um, that's that's really a big deal, especially it's something that's supposed to be a vigil uh, for a student that was seriously injured in, in what was clearly a hate crime um, in, in Vermont. Um, that said, uh, maybe because they're just not used to it for so long. There's probably some crisis management experts that could give some advice to Brown. I probably, and you discussed this on the show two weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have arrested the students that were in University Hall, at least not immediately. Um, you know, there's an old uh, Doonesbury cartoon joke where they, you show them where the brandy and cigars are and you let them stay as long as they want. If they get too annoying, you put on Fox News, I suppose, <laughs> and then they'll leave of their own volition eventually. Because it was predictable that the charges would be dropped. Now, I'm all for civil disobedience. If people want to actually break the law knowing that there would be consequences, that's a big deal. But there's no such thing as no-fault civil disobedience. Well, if you know there aren't going to be any consequences, then it's just community theater writ large. But the real problem, in my opinion, and what's going on, people are talking past each other. They're not getting to common ground on some really important issues. If I want to have a dialogue with students we're calling for a ceasefire, and that is not an unreasonable position to take. I first want to understand if they believe that Israel has the right to exist, which I believe. And if they say no, and if they don't care that saying from the river to the sea is the same language used by people who want to wipe out Israel, then I don't think we can have a further dialogue. But if they agree it has a right to exist, then we can talk about how to make things better, not worse. 
Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where I disagree with Bob. <laughs> <laughs> this may be a first <laughs> common ground here. We might not. <laughs> we might not. Um, you know, Just wait was, for the other topic. Yes, yeah. it, it was completely unfortunate that this vigil that was very well thought out, um, that it was interrupted by just some actors in the back, you know, screaming at the president, who actually gave them a forum to come together and be there and supportive of each other. And um, I have to, I'm going to say, I agree with Bob that people are talking around each other and not with each other. And there's a lack of education about the history of the area. That does Israel have the right to exist? People don't understand what is in the Quran and t talking about elimination of Jewish people. They don't understand that. And that's all of our faults for not educating the youth of America of exactly what the words they are saying from the river to the sea actually means. Because who in our lifetime would think that the Jewish people on the on Brown campus don't feel safe anymore. They don't feel safe on Columbia. They don't feel safe on a lot of these college campuses. Who would have thought that you would think the rise of anti-Semitism has risen to the level that it has now? Nobody. I mean, you know, I, I think on college campuses, this is where these kind of debates should be happening, right? L like the civil disobedience that, that Bob was talking about. It, this happens almost every year on the Brown campus over some issue. Now this one tightened. This is much this is much more important than a lot of times I would argue some of the, the protests that happen at Brown. But this is the kind of thing that, that you sign up for when you go to Brown. What I mean by that is of course the discussion, the debate, the protest. You don't sign up to go to Brown and be concerned about your well being if you're a Jewish student or if you're a Palestinian uh, student. That's the thing and, and you know it, it's I should say also I think President Paxson, generally speaking, Bob, you would probably know better because you went to Brown. President Paxson's been an excellent president of Brown. She's done a good job. She's raised money. She's done exactly what she's supposed to do at Brown. This was a completely sort of no-win situation. No for the playbook either. Yeah, there, there was nothing that they could really do. I tend to agree about the, the arrests as well. You were never going to see a scenario where students were going to be truly, no one was getting locked up anyway for, for trespassing, but you were never going to see a scenario where, the, where those charges yeah, yeah. weren't going to be dropped. The, the one mistake they did make that I will call them out on, and I've expressed this to a few people that work there, Thinking that you can exclude the press, and technically yeah. it is a private campus, but thinking that you can exclude the press in the day and age where every one of us is carrying on our person now something to record all activities um, was, was a mistake. And there was and, a way, and don't they you have think, though, to rectify There's a way that. to handle that conversation, because I agree, it was a complete mistake, but there is and, a and way. And it didn't matter anyway, because we covered it. Because right. a bunch well, of people that's, yeah. right. that's, There is a way to say, though, to reporters, hey, this is about a student who is seriously wounded. Can you give us a break here? Can you, you know, sure you can cover it, but let's not, you know, stick a camera in front of every student's face and get their opinion whether they know what they're talking about or not. Can you be a little bit respectful? They chose to, you know, kind of take a heavy hand at it. And of course, what, is, what do reporters do when that happens? Well, we, we get mad and then we push but back. At, but at the same time, NBC Nightly News had a reporter there. They, were, they clearly gave them access. I saw students in libraries. They had set up interviews. So, so what is that? These are the interviews we like. Uh, yeah, you right. know, it's and, funny. And you have the rise of independent journalism. Then it's, you have the rise of students tweeting out right. at the same time. You can't and control the message. You can't control yeah. the message. It's like. funny that you said that because someone sent me that clip, and I watched the clip, and it was a daylight clip. I'm thinking, well, this was an event at night. I don't know where they got this footage, but the, you know, the actual event was at night, and we had eight 
hundred kids probably video it and put it up online uh, from the actual time. So I don't know, because, uh, you know, again, I was having this conversation today with a friend who was a journalism professor down in D.C. about the NBC coverage versus kind of... The local coverage. Uh, the local coverage and, and where the mismatches occurred. We, we should say, it, it's not above Brown University <laughs> to to do the situation where you, you know, let's call the New York Times in. It's the in Gina Ramondo yes, label. It, it, it's very <laughs> much that. So it isn't a, I, I, I so wouldn't I, doubt yeah, it. I, I don't know, what, but it was, it was What's a little surprising. What's also interesting is how many students go to Brown and how many students were actually at this uh, vigil. You know, were there students there that go to Brown that just were going about their regular day and ignoring? what was happening. Oh, that, that I can tell, tell you with you. absolute certainty, Sue, that is absolutely correct. The vast majority of students on any given issue are yeah. going about their right. daily business right. and doing exactly what college students do. And you do. get a small group right. that antagonizes what should have been a very... And that becomes a very, And that became <laughs> you know, the news. Before, before we move on, I think, I think one of the main, I don't know, it was a dividing line or a seminal event was when Ray Kelly got shouted down. He was the uh, public safety commissioner right in New York yeah. City. And that was the first time I remember, look, people have, it gets to what you talk about, talking over each other. They wound up shutting him down, and, and, he, and I think that sent a horrible message. What's that been, 10 years maybe? It's been longer than that. It's probably been, been 10, 12, yeah, 10, yeah. Like, that, when, that range. And, and it is, it's, it, I think there's that, uh, you know, there's the, the social media kind of situation allows students to sort of project more than, than probably happened before and the university gets nervous they get worried well, about so, protest outside but let the debate go on inside agree, when, I, when I was an undergrad I was on the lecture board and we brought in a lot of interesting presentations including a debate between Phyllis Schlafly who we all know is yeah, about pro, as uh, pro right very anti-ERA yeah, back yeah, then not pro-choice and yeah, a woman named Karen DeCrow who was the yeah. immediate past president of the National Organization for Women and they had this traveling road show where they debated on college campuses some people were very upset we would bring she came I thought to North Carolina yeah. I, thought it, I thought it was a terrific debate I learned a lot about debating from were you out there burning your boxer shorts was that I was <laughs> actually the, uh, I, actually I was supposed to be the MC of the debate but they did not want a man to do it so I was the timekeeper and that's a way for people yeah. to understand different point sides point. of the issue. And uh, we don't do that anymore. All right. I know we could do a whole Except half. here. We could do uh, the whole show. <laughs> a whole half hour on this, but we will. Uh, but now we need you guys to disagree a little. Let's yeah, go. We'll, we'll <laughs> all right. Now, yeah. Maybe on the next couple of issues. Uh, Providence schools. Uh, Dan had a scoop a couple of weeks. We're going to disagree on this. Maybe not. Dan had a scoop a couple of weeks ago about a committee that's being put together to transition to get uh, Providence to back to take control. This is not a surprise that Mayor Smiley wanted to do it. It's the fact this is the first concrete to move toward, but boy, it's a lot It's a lot to get from here to 2025, right? Yeah, and it's longer than that. I, I, Mayor Smiley's been pretty vocal that he doesn't expect to get the schools back until at least the 25, 26 the school first year. Term, right? Yeah, and, and he thinks, I, I think he would uh, probably prefer for it to go even longer until you see actual results. I think what the mayor has been pretty clear about is he says, wait a minute, if the state controls the schools, don't give them back to me until you've made actual tangible changes in whether it's the teacher's contract or any other number of facets of, of what's going on here. And if you're the mayor politically just thinking, it's great for you to sit on the sidelines form your committee, maybe lob a few bombs here or there, and but not actually have control over the system because that's on the governor and the commissioner. 
Wow. I thought we were going to talk about electric buses. <laughs> we can talk about the electric buses. I was going to say, you're right. He's brought in electric buses, which makes no sense at all, and not really concerned about the reading scores, the math scores. Um, you know, if the governor does take control of, this, of the city schools, yeah, you can blame them, and you don't have to So that was the news this case. week, that they, they brought on four uh, electrified buses, which are almost three times the, uh, the uh, cost. First student is doing this across the country, and apparently Providence is among the first well, tranche. It's but, just but ridiculous. What about the, the building? The, the mayor said this is for the health and well-being of the students, and I said, has he never stepped into a Providence school building at all? And quite frankly, what is your mission? Your mission is to educate these students, and they're not being educated right. at all. I mean, it's embarrassing that the test scores, they're not reading. Um, and if your child cannot read by third grade at grade level, their chances of success and employment significantly decline. But that's not his issue right now. That's the state. Yeah, but if he wants to take back the schools, you know, he's punting and kicking the can down the road. If you really feel as if you have the leadership skills to take control, take control. What say you, Mr. Education? I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. Here's what I know what happened in the first year. They did negotiate a new teacher's contract. They added a They half called it transformational. Would you have called it transformational? No. No, not until I see the results at the end, but it was significantly different. They added a, an extra half hour for of one year, education though, we should be clear, time. One year, one year, right? There's right. not, there's no, not no, a no, guarantee for one that year. It, yeah. it's, 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 you know, they put down a marker. They right. got a one-year contract with an extra. I don't know, and I really don't know if they're using that extra half hour per day uh, in the best possible way. I hear mixed things. I hear from some teachers, and I, and I never represented Providence, so I can be a little Thank objective goodness, on right? this. Oh, no, 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 I, I love all our teachers. They're all trained in the same place, and, and the, the teachers in Providence have, you know, a lot of their work cut out for them. I was always sad when some of them would leave and come to my districts because they were frustrated or fed up or something. I, I didn't consider that a victory for my districts. I considered that... You know, I wish uh, they had gotten the support they needed in, but then the, in the city of came. Providence. And but then, then the, the pandemic, pandemic came, came and it was all. Um, so we'll see if the extra time um, is uh, used wisely. But there's, this is a very long-term process. So I'll absolutely agree. If a kid can't read by third grade and, you know, first by the end of second grade, you know, those are your learning to read years. Everything else is, is reading <laughs> to learn. But we have to do something about it. Be bold. Just say. I mean, don't call it, don't, if you don't want to stigmatize, don't call it holding back. Just say, look, we're, First we all, are going to fully focus on making sure everybody can read at grade level before they can move through the system, no matter how long it takes. But we have to dedicate the resources. To, I was talking to one of the folks from this new business group that formed to support education. I said, great. We need all the help we can get. We need uh, to get the Massachusetts level of support. And there are some things I disagree with our, our current and past elected leaders on. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of low-hanging. Feed all the kids. Feed them. Not only feed them breakfast and lunch. Heck, give them dinner to take home if that's. I don't want to have the debate about, well, that should happen at home. Kids who are hungry don't learn. I mean, there are a dozen different things we can do to 
get to better outcomes. Yeah, and one of the biggest issues is the number of different languages that they speak in the Providence schools. So the kids don't even speak English. So why not establish a learning academy where the kids spend time there learning how to speak English so they can be successful in this country? And we don't do that. They do. So this. you're right. They do this, though. Well, they, they have a newcomer academy, so they do have... But, but do not successful. It, if, it, if, if the kid is there for five years and still not speaking English, you know, you're not supporting... And to your yeah. point, and, yeah. and, and I was going to say, while they do have a newcomer academy, they, you know, the the this is not a Providence issue. This is a nationwide thing where the idea is to move kids along. Right? You want right. kids out of the ESL programming right. to get in with Gen well, Pop, so and to speak, all of that know. starts. And this is the first focus of the governor's Learn 365. And and I'm not on the government side ABC. of that. I'm on the outside, not pro No, it all folks with. Get the kids to school. This is why the governor, in every speech he makes, talks about attendance. Attendance matters. Let's get the kids to school. And to his credit, we've got the business community talking about it. We've got the education community talking about it. Attendance matters. You can't do any of those things unless the students are actually well, and, there. And, and that's there, a big deal. We have chronic absenteeism, yeah, especially in our urban core With our teachers, too, we should say, though. That's another problem. That well, we that's an issue that, that if, if, if yeah. where that is pinpointed and true, and not because they're out on extended maternity <laughs> leave or anything else, then you've got to deal with that as well. Yeah. Truant officers. Was there a story the other day about Representative William O'Brien? Is a truant officer in Central Falls, Central Falls, no, or Central High School, Providence? Providence. Yeah. You know exactly what what is he doing, or what is what does a truant officer? What is their roles and responsibilities? And, to and make truant sure that, officers have a, a role to play, but that's right. you know plugging leaks in the dam. What this is is a. It, it, it recognizing there are cultural reasons there are kids. If there's a subset of kids who are leaving at the beginning of December and going back to home base, wherever that is, and not coming back to the end of January, either we have to change the rules so the kids don't do that, or we have to change the system so that we pick those kids' education you, up on the other end. But you've also right? reported that the absenteeism, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you think Mayor Smiley doesn't want to, they've got to get that fixed, whether it's under the state or under his control. Providence is really where the big problem particularly is. at the high school level I mean you look at all of the high schools right now if you were to look at the state to its credit is doing an attendance leaderboard that you can literally go on their you website the data you can look every at day, every yeah you can look at every single school and who's at the top it's always the Providence high schools that are 40 and 50 percent chronically absent we're talking one in two kids who are missing who are on track to miss you know at least 10 percent of the school so that year. means they're gonna miss at, on track to miss 18, 18 days, days out of 180 and, and contacting the parents sounds great and the 50 dollar fine and all that some of these it's families are so fractured it's hard to find them, right? Yeah, it's very difficult. Look, this is not an, an, an enviable solution. There, there's not a, you know, a, a perfect way to do this. I think Bob, and, and to the credit, I've been very critical of the governor's 365 plan, focusing on attendance, making sure everybody's talking about it. We're talking about it on this show. That's You've right. talked about it for several weeks. Uh, that's a good thing because people weren't talking about it before. It's been a problem. People have known it's been a problem for a really long time. It is good that you, you can talk about it, but next comes how do you actually solve it. And I haven't seen a great plan for, for actually solving it yet. I, don't, I haven't seen anybody put well, forward the, 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 the solution. The first part of all plans is information, <laughs> right? Yeah. And One, people are talking about it, and now we have data to prove it, and then we have to pinpoint the underlying reasons. And some of these are going to be painful conversations. Why is this student not in school? And if it's because they're working, it's because they're supporting a you know because at the high school level. Learning. It's they're because not, then they're, they're not. They're you can't not learn being if you don't show up, obviously. Well, and they're yeah, not but, but 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 I we are graduating kids every year who are being stimulated, who are being taught, who are 
learning yeah, the and, process. And so not there every are, kid is a but, cookie cutter. But, but, not every right. kid but is a cookie cutter. But if you've got a kid cutter. in 10th grade so who still, is, still can't read. If yeah. the kid doesn't like where he is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's not two hours. That's where we're going to disagree. Sue and I actually agree more than Bob. You know what we're going to do? What school aren't they going to go to? Sell the attendance We're going to do a PBS fundraiser where we're going to put Sue and Bob on an electric bus, and we're going to see how far, because we will be able to hear them, right? Because the bus won't be loud, and we'll go ride around the city and talk about school shorts. Start in Westerly and see how far you get. With all due respect to both Sue and myself, you could hear us on a diesel bus. Yeah, that is true. All right, we'll continue that conversation. Uh, tell me if you had this on your bingo card for 2023. The uh, Newport Preservation Society and another one out on Block <laughs> Island has filed a federal lawsuit trying to block the offshore wind farms because apparently it's going to affect the view from the breakers. I, I, I can't put it any and, – and Trudy Cox with a straight face said – we support green energy. So let's let, let me tee this so, one up because she used to be a Republican. You've yeah, got to go no, first. No, so it's very interesting. There, there are a lot of issues that I would not agree with Trudy Cox on. Um, I don't necessarily agree with her reasoning that the view is going to be blocked. I think that it goes to a large argument about these wind turbines. You know, when you're trying to say that this is going to solve our energy needs, it's ridiculous. Uh, wind turbines only work maybe 42% of the time. You still need the oil, the gas. You are disturbing the fishing. You're disturbing the environment. You're, you're killing whales. You're killing the fishing industry. So that's a lot to worry about. You also have to look at what some of the other states have done, and they've absolutely pulled out. They don't want to work with Orsted anymore. It's too expensive. It's not reliable uh, energy for, for us. It's a bad idea. Um, solar and wind are just not reliable. You need something else. We have to start talking about nuclear. We have to start talking about natural gas. We have to start talking at a multitude of things that you can use. Her issue is also process, that this was jammed through from the federal government. They didn't really, and we have a microcosm of this going on in Rhode Island with the fishermen talking to uh, CRMC and all of that. Yeah, but this is the preservation. The preservationists, they they complain about everything. I have a big issue with the Providence Preservation Society as well. You know, when you talk about architectural integrity or blocking my views, Everything, everybody's eyes glaze over and they think you're being ridiculous because you are being ridiculous. Because of the 195 thing they wanted to build and then the Fane Tower was a little bit well, different, but wanted, there, were that, there was that apartment complex, right, on 195? They're knocking down the worst school in the city of Providence, the, the Mount yeah. Pleasant High School, yeah. because they like the way it looks. From the outside. From the from outside, the not even from out. the inside. <laughs> but in, in, in the process part, that, that's the thing, is once you realize how ridiculous you're being on one argument, then what do you do? You argue about the process of it, and then they'll find a new reason to be mad. The irony of this must be addressed, especially for our new viewers. Trudy Cox was one of the original employees of Save the Bay. I gave her an environmental award wearing my chairing the uh, Earth Day breakfast. Um, so she's made two mistakes. This one, and in 1990, she foolishly she ran, ran against Jack Reed, Reed for, for Congress. Congress. Yeah. And on this show, on Lively Experiment, she looked at that camera and said, I don't own any oil stocks. And she did. That was the commercial that brought her down and allowed Jack Reed to take the seat. Trudy, you made a mistake then. You've had a terrific career before it, a terrific career after it. But you're wrong on this issue. Well, I, I thought I had institutional knowledge. I knew about it. Wow, that is some deep, lively... <laughs> 
throwbacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to say, you know, her argument again about it's going to ruin our view is ridiculous. I will agree with you. But what's really ridiculous is what we're doing and relying on these wind turbines. It is going to destroy the ocean state. <laughs> and it's for what? For something that's more costly, clean or air. no, not clean air, because you're clean not water. you're not going to get that. And you know, speaking as someone who that's my history, environmental chemistry. I'm I'm looking at these people going, why aren't we not talking about nuclear energy? Why are we not talking about disposal something? disposal problems? Yeah, not, that's why. But you're talking about things that happened 40 years ago. No, no, it has gotten so much better. Everything that you try to talk about has a downside, everything. Yeah, the downside, a big downside. And the I big mean, downside. big enough to concern a lot of our sure, environmental it, friends, but and we overlap the, somewhat in this but area. There's but there's also a big concern about the wind turbines off the thing. They're just not going to produce have, the level of energy that we need. But the economics seems to be changing a little bit now, you see, nationally, in terms of without the government. You know, the, the, the word always was, we need the government subsidies to get it up and running, and then it's going to be fine. And that seems to have shifted a little well, bit. Well, you're seeing Orsted make major changes in North America. And so I think that's something, look, <laughs> Rhode Island and <clears throat> Sue and Bob, this is one area where they clearly do disagree. Uh, Rhode, but Rhode Island has chosen to, you know, make its bed, get in bed with with Orsted and with you know, the, the wind industry. All, I mean, I, I work downtown in the CIC building in Providence. Half of the the uh, occupants in there have something to do with the wind industry. I think if Orsted uh, uh, you know, starts to really pull back, and they haven't done this yet in Rhode Island. We should say they start your seat in New Jersey, elsewhere. If that starts to happen, we have a disaster. We have a real problem on our hands because the commitment was in 2019 before, before COVID. So that's why Orsted is still sticking around here. But how much longer will they? Okay, let's go to uh, outrageous and/or kudos, Sue. Let's begin with you. This Shocking, week. no outrage this week, but kudos to Wreaths Across America on December 16th at the uh, Exeter Veterans. Cemetery. They have a wonderful ceremony, and anybody that has not participated, it yeah, is tell me about warm this. and welcoming. So, wreaths across America. What they do is, um, you have Christmas wreaths, and they put them on the veterans' um, grave sites at Exeter, and they do this across America, and it's a pretty big deal. Um, and they're doing it at Exeter this year on December 16th. It's just Saturday at 11.45, and it is really a very moving ceremony, and um, I'll, I participate every year. They've been doing it for a while, then? They've been doing it for a long time. That's great. So it's, it's a wonderful activity for Christmas and to remember the veterans. And they actually tell you to stand there and you know, say thanks on each grave that you put a wreath. And the families really appreciate the fact that people go and participate in this. That's so nice. it's great. Bob, what do you have? Uh, free advice, I suppose. Uh, fourth time is a charm for me because I am not involved in any way, shape, or form with the new Pension Study Commission. Nonetheless, I am paying attention since I was involved in the last three. Uh, I think the active employees are very well represented in their quest to get better uh, benefits than the fairly draconian cuts that occurred under the Governor Raimondo proposal when she was Treasurer Raimondo from a decade ago. 
the retirees are struggling to represent themselves, and they're going to be mad at me for talking directly about this, but they need the advice. If you tell people that there is nothing they can do for you that will satisfy you, then they are going to have the tendency to do nothing. And the self-appointed leaders of these retiree groups who are more interested in prosecuting and persecuting what happened in the past instead of making a very important and a very cogent case about how inflation in the last decade has hurt them and hurt them greatly, they're going to end up getting nothing because of the way they're insulting folks. So get up there, tell your story, tell how it's hurt you, but do it in a respectful way and don't talk about 10 years ago, this coulda, shoulda, woulda happened because that time is gone. You got the last 45 seconds. I'm going to borrow Sue's red jacket here and be very <laughs> critical of the state Democratic Party, which had the audacity on Giving Tuesday to put out a, a an email say, seeking donations to, to their political party, put out you know a list of nonprofits to donate to, do any number of other things. Do not solicit political donations on a day we're supposed to be giving back and giving to organizations that Yeah, I that saw need you tweet it. that out, and I had not seen that. That, that is unbelievable, because it's known. It's for the nonprofit world. Clearly. I thought you were going to say the head troll. Peter Nerona. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other show. That, that's, oh, we didn't get to that. I'm so sorry. All right, folks. Hey, we're the party of love. We have Amo and Amore. <laughs> oh, brother. That is, that is all the time we have, folks. Thank you for coming back uh, and joining us this week. We hope you had a good week off last week as we did. Come back next week. We'll have all of the uh, latest political news covered, plus the analysis as the Lively Experiment continues. Have a great week. Hi, I'm John Hazen-White, Jr., for over 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of the political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm a proud supporter of this great program and Rhode Island PBS.